everyone, and welcome to Technically Inappropriate. Considering there's been an influx of alarm at whether I'm okay or not, I wanted to clear the air. I am fine. <clears throat> this is my official, uh, confirmation, uh, no, no, proof of life. Rob, Rob has not done anything yet that would stand up in a court of law. Anyway, with that out of the way, in this sizzling episode, the boys talk about construction materials. Or at least they were supposed to. No surprise here. Russ runs them off the road talking about poop smoke? Ew. When inside... Hold on. Insin... Insin... Insino... Okay, you know what? You'd think eventually I'd get to listen to the episodes before doing these narrations so that I'd actually understand how to pronounce things, but no. You know what? You know what? Whatever. I'm, again, not getting fed enough, pa paid, paid enough. I'm not getting paid enough to do this. So I'm gonna do the rest my way. Blotty, blotty, blah. Tony's dogs are obnoxious. Let's see. Rob is Rob, and there's no other note on him besides that. Wow, interesting. You know what? I'm just gonna throw you to the deep end on this one. Sorry, see you on the other side. Peace. Almost got the story going anywhere. Now I was just testing the fucking sound, Tony. Jesus <laughs> Christ, bro. I'm like about ready to nail a testicle to the back of the part next passing bus because of like that story. I thought you said never again. <laughs> no, never again with the left testicle. The, the right one's fair game. The doctor, doctor said never again. <laughs> you got medical advice. It's not a good idea to nail your testicle mm, to a bus. You're not getting that one back. <laughs> that's that's why we've stopped using the um, uh, the nail gun at the cabin. <laughs> you got that. I can, I can only imagine what the the entrance drive looks like. <laughs> well, oh. the, there are now a couple of speed humps um, in the driveway, which I think is just Rob being lazy with his free candy van. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I had a lot of work to do that week. I didn't have time to bury them, you know, quite as deep. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure by the time we're done, like I, I was, I was listening to the last episode, and by the, I think by the time we get our next talent opener and ender. There, she's going to be like, nope, there's still signs of life. As today, I'm still alive and safe. I'm going to have a hard time getting people to work with me. <laughs> well, <laughs> so the good thing about our intrepid intro and outro lady is that it's sort of like that. It, it's sort of like the hostage holding up the newspaper. <laughs> right. Because right. She, she, does, she does refer to what happened in the episode. So we know that she must have at least been alive within the last sort of seven days it's proof of life <laughs> so no, rob, here's what's going to happen though rob is going to uh, contrive this is dark <laughs> no go for it Why not? <laughs> rob, rob is going to contrive a series of topics to have interest written about <laughs> and then coerce us into having those conversations because it matches interests. <laughs> so no one knows when I Seriously, actually... officer. <laughs> well, seeing that we, we always seem to start these things by, you know, talking around like the verbal equivalent of headless chickens. Right, right. I find it hard to believe that Rob... Rob is going to be able to corral us enough yeah. to, to, to get full There's that no... Off. Yeah, there's no world where he could have predicted we would spend 20 minutes talking about beer and trucks. So <laughs> no, <therefore. laughs> that never happened. Or nailing our testicle to the back of a van or or bus or whatever. That yeah, whatever it point, this week. Yeah. <laughs> so Russ, what's your plans for the weekend? Since uh, we're we're almost at the weekend now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got. Um, well, my kid's busy all weekend. I'm not so busy until. Uh, but I'm going down. I'm taking him down to visit the University of Texas on Monday. Oh, another so one. We'll, 
Yeah, no, we're in we're knee deep in college visit season. He, he so. looked at A and M and said, uh, "No, I don't like the cow fondling part of the course." <laughs> I encouraged him to enjoy the cow fondling, uh, and uh, you know, uh, when we went to A and M last week. But uh, uh, we'll, you know, I'm trying to make sure he's got to keeps his options open. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go to the uh, yes, the uh, liberal mecca that is Austin on Monday. Which is where my other son is in school. So I'll get to see him. I'm looking forward to that. We'll, you know, run down on Sunday and stay nearby with my sister. And so we've got a little bit of a road trip coming up. Gotcha. And doing some, doing some college visits. So, is he thinking, you know, uh, I, I think we kind of lost that. Maybe I'll try and clip something in from the, yeah. the, the, the last aborted attempt to try and do this episode, thanks to networking. Um, I think our episode, our last episode is coming back to bite us. Um, yeah. Is he thinking about like UW or anything like that? Because he's talking about physio and me- medicine and stuff. Like that's a big place for medicine right now. And also, he's not looking other... too hard out of state. Yeah. I mean, I okay. think at this point, you know, if we're going to go to a state school, we're going to stay in state. Because uh, then, you know, if you're in Texas, you can be strapped in that way. If you know, a gunfight breaks out in the classroom, you're ready to go. <laughs> right, and... right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's one out with the Austin curriculum. Mode. I think it's really a decision from my perspective. It's a decision between do you want to go to a big ass school or a little school and what kind of town do you want to be in? Right. So we're trying to like see all of that stuff. But really, I feel like I know there's lots of great schools out of state, Mm -hmm. but if you're going to pay out of state tuition, you got to really know what you want to do. Right. You got to really know that this is the path. Like, this is where I'm going that's worth leaving the state. And if you're sort of in the more, with a more typical 18 year old where their head is, is I don't fucking know what I want to do. This is what I kind of think I might want to do this. Why would I send you to the university of Michigan? Because you maybe might want to possibly do this thing and pay (laughs) the, the equivalent of a liberal arts school in the middle of Iowa tuition for you to, you know, (laughs) figure out what you want to do when you could stay in state and do that that's why i say i don't think college is the right thing right out of school i think i'd be fine i'd be fine with my kids saying if they if they had a plan and said look you know there's no reason for me to do this right Mm -hmm. like here's what here's the path i want to go down and the path might be that when i'm in my mid-20s or late 20s or 30s i want to go to college but i'm not there yet i'm supportive of that but, you know, for my kids, and I feel like this is true for a lot of kids, that the purpose of the college experience isn't just, you know, to go to your classes and get your degree so that you can get a job. It's to transition into adulthood. And so it's part of this is about finding well, where's the right place for you to transition into adulthood. And, and that, of course, requires the best possible climbing wall. And cool <laughs> facilities. This is fucking bullshit, dude. Like every campus I go to, every campus I visited, <laughs> this is my second kid I've done this with. I'm like, they've got a goddamn climbing wall. <laughs> when we were at AM last week, and, and at AM, they said, we just opened our third rec center. I'm like, why the fuck do you need three rec centers? <laughs> I didn't go to the one you had when I was there. <laughs> what's, what is, what's happening? That's so good. So when I was at university, nature paid for the climbing wall. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, throw this lump of rope over the wall. Now let's go do some rappelling. (laughs) And that's how you get to class. (laughs) You have to get past all the angry kangaroos, the three spiders that are trying to kill you this week. (laughs) Tony, how was your week going, man? Uh, You know, had better, had worse, fair to middling. Um, you know, so didn't really. What did I? What did I do this week? I, I don't think I actually did much. I worked on a video for actual, you know, monetary benefit, <laughs> uh, you know, which was work and some a couple of other things. Uh, I once again pointed out to some people that no good can come from senior executive oversight, <laughs> and that. Um, if you want a video with that has the term sizzle in its title, you should not let the script be workshopped by five corporate vice presidents. <laughs> Sounds so, like you had a great that, time there. Yeah, that was sort of my week. You know? uh, 
my my wife's off on a girls' weekend, um, so it's uh, it's a perfect Friday here. You know, uh, I have my two schnauzers uh, who will possibly they're very good. Um, uh, they've got the alarm part of guard down really well. They don't have the guard part of guard down so much, <laughs> you know. So if you try and break into the house, they'll like bark. You know, they'll alarm the hell out of you. But if you then give them a treat, they'll follow you around the house looking for their second treat while you cart all of my electronics out to your van. <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the, the security passphrase is, who's a good boy? Yeah, pretty much so. <laughs> you know. um, no, I did some solid, uh, what else did I do? I did some solid uh, meme work. Um, I didn't create any of my own memes. I was more of a meme conduit. Of taking memes from one group of people and passing them off to a second group of people, I was a meme curator. <laughs> so, this sounds like another college job we need—the meme, meme yeah. curation. Yeah. <laughs> I love but it. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much about it. You know, and uh, and then it's now it's Friday, and uh, uh, I'm having uh, a couple of cleansing ales and uh, doing the the podcast here. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, speaking of of which, uh, we can we can dig into that a bit. Rob, I think you my... didn't talk about your week. Oh, you want to hear about my week? Um, Not let's really. See. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you I'm just anyway. responding. I'm responding to some listener feedback that we don't hear much from Rob's Rob? personal life. Oh wow. So. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Uh, this week, um, I've been I've been mostly wrapped around the the axle with some work stuff. So I've ended up taking on more more projects within the within the operational side of the work now so now i've got i have to deal with like hr pieces and all these other things so immediately just i I think i'm ready to just do technology again but in the meantime i've been that's kind of my work week but outside of that i've i've failed to do anything all week by uh literally i was supposed to have a soccer game monday uh i drove out to the game and um they canceled the game when i got there. everyone was injured yeah everyone was injured everyone walked in the door and immediately fell over yeah but no like they they had the well snowstorm canceled that game and my both my teams apparently played on monday so i went to the game i I picked the wrong game after the game didn't happen the other game did happen so no soccer this week for me and then um outside of that gosh it just feels like it's been kind of a, a a blur I, I didn't work on my YouTube channel. I didn't work on any of my, my, my photo projects. I did hang out with a friend who owns a brewery up in, um, up, well, now friend, but he up in uh, Seattle called Hellbent. Um, he was one of the, the original like creator owners of this place. So I got this phenomenal tour of it um, yesterday, and it was just awesome. So nice. that was good. And there you go, dear listener. This is why we don't get a lot of uh, requests for more Rob's, Rob's life. Yes, more Rob, Rob's apparently life, Rob yeah. has been writing performance improvement plans on the all behest week. of at the behest of <laughs> HR all week. You, you take the C bucks, <laughs> you've got to live the C lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'll spend this weekend um, like clipping up film and archiving stuff. My my mom's house flooded, so they're like rebuilding the upstairs. But in the meantime, we've been pulling all the stuff out of closets. And, uh, and are you and the everything? only family in the world that has a house flood from the top to bottom? I was yeah. about to ask, like, it's is, a split it normal, level. is it typical to have to rebuild the upstairs when a house floods? <laughs> well, it's a split level, and the bathroom was on the back side of it, so it kind of flooded out through that bathroom out the. So back what you're saying is you had you had a catastrophic plumbing problem? Oh yeah, not that the local river. Oh no uh, no yeah yeah I guess like yeah I know yeah, it, it it internally flooded the the. This the 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 but the the pipe that goes to the toilet the the end what there's a cool name for it but it broke by the let, let this be your PSA like check your check your toilet um, seats make sure they work well because are the the seat to the the water inlet for it because once those things rust out they shit a lot of water all over the floor um, it filled the whole upstairs in a matter of like. 30 40 minutes it was crazy so they had to pull out that bathroom the bathroom next to it because it was the master bathroom and then like the the upstairs bathrooms right next to it and then it flooded down to the bathroom downstairs so they had to replace all this stuff so they packed it yeah. out M- mom's living in a hotel right now <laughs> gonna ease up on the psyllium husk also 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of catastrophic plumbing, I remember a story you told me years ago, Rob, about a catastrophic plumbing issue somewhere at a cabin. Oh, and it was, the poop smoke? Yeah. Was Tony oh. involved in that? Yes, this is Tony's oh, cabin. Yes. Yes, okay, that. I thought so. I thought I had heard of you before we started this adventure. That's Speaking what of schnauzers. Is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. The 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 poop smoke uh, was was quite great. Um, oh, heck, do, we, do we want to tell that story on the air? <laughs> it was a slow pitch. Yeah. Slow. <laughs> well, you can decide whether or not you want to take a swing. <laughs> Tony, Tony's currently dealing with the the alarm system, which is going off in the other room. The, the, as you can hear, the alarm system is just going off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a home invasion. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go mute for a second while I sort these guys out. Oh, yes. Uh, all I want to say, Russ, about the poop smoke story is, is two things. One, um, the marbling in the smoke was fantastic. <laughs> and two, if you ask me to describe it, it would be like somebody taking a crap on your face and setting it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's tell the story. We um, this might be a good one considering like our main topic. You're you're like I don't even know what I'm going to do other than being uh, the third participant in this. But so yeah, it was a long time ago, uh, back in the early 2000s, and it was one of the first times we'd really gone to the cabin. Um, Tony's wife Sarah, uh, it's kind of in their family. Uh, they had another cabin out on on in this area. And then they the, the the family kind of purchased this for Sarah and her sister and her brother um, yeah. as their kind of cabin and, and, and such. And so we we have this football team called the Coasters. So the whole joke behind them is the beer is always on us when we play games. But Tony thought it'd be a phenomenal idea to have all the families out with their kids out to this cabin. And we're kind of looking over the whole thing. And, uh, and he's like, OK, so the upstairs has like plumbing and and like a regular toilet and all that. But the downstairs has a bathroom with this incinolette in it. And so it's got like a regular sink and a, and a shower, but the toilet isn't plumbed in like the other one because some kind of code, they can only have so many things plumbed up to the septic system within it because it's it's all got to be self-contained and such. So they put an incinolette in for the other toilet. So the now, idea to, of what is... Yeah. To, to provide the background, an incinolette... I have no idea what that is. All right, so, so what it basically is, is a toilet... Uh, but you put a little paper bag, basically, in the bottom of the toilet. You take your dump, and then you push the button, and it heats the bag up to, like, 5,000 degrees and basically burns the whole thing to, you know, complete ash. Not this, Yeah. Like, there's actually... The, the ash, it goes so fine, it basically turns it into carbon dioxide. It's really sort of what it does. And it just blows it out the... Yeah. The, uh, hey, can, I take this moment, can I take this moment to mention that 20 years ago, I owned the domain flamingpoobag.com. <laughs> what did you sell it for? <laughs> I, can't, I can't, can't recall. Because <laughs> you got to sold that. I don't even want to know what the business opportunity behind that was. It was a really, it seemed like a really great idea at the time. (laughs) So, you know, that's what this whole thing was designed for, was to, you know, um, it would basically take this, it would pyroclastically, for want of a better word, uh, turn this thing into gas and then exhaust the gas out the side of the, the house. Right. So, somebody tried it. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, let, this is where you're. You're at this point so pissed drunk you won't remember this part. I'll bring up this, and you can start. <laughs> no, no, no. no. So somebody, somebody had tried it, and it didn't work for some reason. Failure to launch. Right. But, I, I can they actually. Did, they didn't bother telling me. <laughs> well, right? so actually. Here's the truth of the matter, because no, Tony, we you were quite involved, but you don't remember it. So let's 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 rewind to the night before. So um, the Todd's families are mostly upstairs. One's kind of got the the uh, and then another one's kind of the downstairs kind of area. And then because it was just me, uh, Teresa and Zach, we took the um, the the kind of the tool shed space because Zach could be in there with in and be in a, a calm environment and it'd be good. But they're right across from 
the, this this <laughs> this insulated bathroom. And so in the middle of the night, Zach's like, "Hey, I, I need to go use the restroom." So Teresa goes in there with him and kind of figures it out and 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 gets it to to work, supposedly kind of work. And then things kind of go off the rails from there. So they Zach uses it, goes back to the room. Teresa tries to get the flush, and all this thing sounds like it's trying to take the entire house off of its mooring it is just <laughs> rattling right. and shaking so so the fan has suffered what we in the engineering business refer to as catastrophic deviation for specification right? <laughs> <laughs> and they tell me this now as I, a result of the activity that happened in the room or just no no just natural... due to, just due to general age and lack of okay. servicing right? yeah and so so they tell me this, mm-hmm. but of course it's a it's been a long day. There were many cleansing aisles had been had, and <laughs> we're not there know, yet. Give me a second. So I am not quite. <laughs> now we're just going to jump the. the no, I want to. I want to tell this. We're telling this story. And, and so, <laughs> I apparently get up, having been told this. I get up and I'm wear, you know wearing a pair of underwear, and I go outside and proceed to just yell drunkenly at oh, yeah. the uh, the exhaust fan. And hit it a few times. Go, okay, I'm done. My job's over now. And go back to bed, right? Everyone else goes off. You know, the fan stops working. And the next day, you know, I have no memory of me getting up because I was asleep when I was I was gotten up. Uh, and, you know, I'm there and I put a paper under my arm and I tell the collected crowd that's there because most of the families have gone down to the the the, the wood canal. And I tell them I'm going down to to use Diablo's crapper. Yeah, I think you. I don't. And, you made it sound like you were going to fix it. Is what it going, sounded like. Okay, yeah, that's fine. There's no problem with that. And off I go. I take my dump. I push the button, and. Like Mount Kilauea starts erupting out of this toilet. There's just smoke everywhere. And, you know, you have not smelt smoke until you have smelt human feces being burnt on a 5,000 degree element. And and it fills up the entire house. And so people, you know, we can't go inside. Actually, we're not. But but I come up from the downstairs because there's like a little ladder. I'm like, Rob, Rob, you got to come here. you got to come over here. And Rob's like, what? I said, no, come here, come here. So Rob comes. I don't understand like, his thought process. He came over. I'm like, look at the marbling of the smoke. Isn't it incredible? <laughs> As you can see, all this the smoke from human excrement burning all through, through the, the downstairs. Down. And then the smell was incredible. And, <laughs> and then at that point, the rest uh, of the actually, family start coming up the hill. And Rob's like, no, go away, save yourselves, it's too late for us. Without question, they didn't even ask anything. They just turned around and walked back to the beach. I don't know if they saw the smoke or what. But before that all started, Tony walks up and he's got this like scared look at us. So he's like, I think I broke the incinolette. And I'm like, no, you didn't, it was broken last night. Don't you remember drunkenly banging on the side of the house in your underwear? He's like, no. But the thing like, you know, I just couldn't get over the fact that, you know, like, I said I'm going to use it. Nobody thought to Nobody say. Nobody said a word. It no, sounded like you were going to go, I, I'm going to go have a, that, actually, your actual words weren't, I'm going to go use the Incinolet. You said, I'm going to go have a word with the Incinolet. So it oh, made it I sound like you know, knew what the hell you were going to do. Totally honest, I may have said I'm going to spend some quality time with the Incinolet. Something like that. Right. But- but nobody mm. thought to say, you know, like, you know, it's broken. And so I think it's all, it I've, was all a great example of, of, I, of, of group failure. Sh- uh, yeah. I guess I was wondering if you used some sort of Australian euphemism that they just misinterpreted. Oh, I could, I'm going to go throw some shrimps on the Barbie. <laughs> yes. just that meant you got to fix, yeah, fix I, something. I, I, I could, that house but, smelled you know, like that shit for like, for months, it, it took a good twenty-four <laughs> hours for it to to get out of the cabin. You know, <laughs> did y'all just sleep outside that night? What was the? Oh no, we definitely opened the, opened the whole the house. And just, <laughs> like, fortunately, it was during summer, so it wasn't right. You know, but it wasn't uh, too bad. But so um, the Todds did not were not involved with most of it. But they came back and they could still like smell. It's like and Todd took the moment to go like. 
I wonder, what did it smell like at its worst? And Tony turns him and goes, imagine if someone had crapped in a bag and set it on fire on your face. And Todd's <laughs> yeah. like, huh. <laughs> this is also the weekend where we st- where Tony thought it would be the best idea to get the cheapest rot gut vodka ever. Oh, yeah. So have you ever seen that, ever seen that episode on Mythbusters? Where they try and get cheap vodka and run it through carbon filters <laughs> to see if it has any impact on it, uh, and so uh, we had been talking about this episode all week, and so it's like, okay, we're going to try it out. And I bought uh, Vitali's vodka. You know, this was like about a dollar fifty-seven for five gallons of vodka. <laughs> you and... should be cleaning grills with this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was a batch of isopropyl alcohol that failed uh, passing <laughs> quality, you know, quality checks. Quality checks. That's basically what it was. And uh, we ran it through, and, and it was not remotely drinkable, even after like seventeen passes through the. the <laughs> we found so, we found the perfect spot was five times through the filter. That's about. It did improve. It, it wasn't it, it, good, but five yeah, times it, through the filter was about as much as you could do. It, it had gone, <laughs> like, at about five times through, you know, that asymptotic curve approached its maximum quality after about five times. <laughs> but I, then we spent the rest of the weekend finding things we could mix Vitalis with in an effort to try and drink it all. <laughs> uh, and I, there was like, okay, we're going to have Vitalis with, you know, beef, a uh, beef broth, and it's, it was like, you know, because it, it didn't work with Coke, it didn't work with, you know, uh, Sprite, it didn't work in a, it was that bad, it didn't work in a Bloody Mary, <laughs> right? I wish, I wish I could say this is the first time I've had this kind of conversation with software dorks about filtering vodka. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's planned. inherent in the breed, I think. Yeah. Well, it, it's like you know, it, it seems like a, it could that could be a process. You know that it is impurities in the vodka that causes the problem with the the quality, and then it's a lack of follow through because it really at this point it's really the problem of test, not dev. <laughs> is the you know. To, to go work out, it's like, well, exactly what are the impurities? What are their sizes? And will yeah. the charcoal filter actually filter out the impurities of that size? Because it doesn't matter if you're, if you filter, if you're filtering something on size of impurity and the alcohol and the impurity are both the same size, you're never going fil- to filter them out. Right? <laughs> it's not going to happen, right. Uh, and so I think that's what went on there was that, uh, it was a good idea, but a lack of like real serious sit down and think about how we would approach it, you know, added to, you know, Outback Washington. This is the cheapest vodka available in a store that serves mostly some lone forest full of meth takers, you know, so <laughs> it's like. It's just a it, room full of Sudafed and Vitalis. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's. It's the vodka equivalent of gas station sushi. <laughs> Truth. Oh, man. I don't want to go wow, on the Wow, I feel like I've successfully eaten up 27 minutes of your topic. No, it's brilliant. Because I'm no, afraid of it. it. No, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> down with this. This is great stuff. But Well, the topic the topic was supposed to be crappy uh, housing construction material. Right. And I think uh, we're already off on a good spot with just the insulin. Well, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've talked about, um, you know, crappy toilets right both plumbing and non-plumb toilets and dumb code <laughs> you know bad code vitalis right um so really we're now off to like other things like, right i think that the the top of the list of wire nuts i think they're just the dumbest idea in the history of mankind right well let me um, give a, let me give a little bit of why i thought this was an interesting topic and then i, I do want to get into wire nuts but like so my house had the dumbest like kitchen setup ever and the it was like it's a small house it had this massive like dining space area and a kitchen like the side that should have fit inside of a uh, a motor home and i was like i wanted a lot more space i wanted like double ovens and all this stuff so i thought it'd be a great idea to just completely rebuild 
the entire kitchen myself, and we stripped the entire thing down to the studs. Outside studs of the house, the, the ceiling of the thing, everything. Redid all the lighting, put in different ovens, put in all new water lines, all this stuff. And over time, I learned a lot about just how dumb building materials are. Because I was like, what do I want on the walls? Like, drywalls, like this plaster gypsum stuff that is just... I wouldn't, I don't, if, if you ask me what to build a house out of, this is what I build a house out of. And then like wood, like it, they use stud wood for these things that are not quite straight and like nothing straight in your house. I, I guarantee you, if you run around with like a square and try to figure out, even if your windows are squared, they wouldn't be like the, it's just insane. Like we are in the 23rd century and everything you build houses out of is just these, I don't know, uh, terrible products and like to get back to the wire nets thing you take two what code is for electricity is if you need to to join two pieces of copper you twist them together and wrap this plastic down on it and that's that's safety <laughs> Tony, well, please. It, it, so the, the interesting <clears throat> thing is that i i think you, you talked about your know, wall studs and dimensional lumber and yeah. that and um, that's just a fundamental lack of skill mm -hmm. on the part of yourself, not necessarily <laughs> a problem with the, the studs. I beg to differ. Um, now, yes, there is some difference. Like houses built 150 years ago were built out of dimensional lumber made from hardwoods, and now dimensional lumber is made from fast-growing pine and everything. And, and you can... Yes, those things are natural products and they will act due to nature and so on. You can build out of metal. You know, a commercial building is all metal. Usually some kind of steel right? or tin or aluminum. But the, the cost studs. differential is enormous. And, you know, the, the reason they do it in commercial uh, has more to do with speed of installation and, and so on as being and driving the cost of the install and the build out and everything because they know that stuff is getting changed every time a new company takes that space they knock that wall down and put a new one up right so you so you think metal's cheaper than wood I, no i think the metal is more expensive oh than okay wood. i think it is way faster to install and so when you're fitting out you know thirty thousand square foot of office space your cost much like you know the the fiber discussion we had last episode mm -hmm. um you know the cost of actually deploying the crew to build the fit out is the largest part of the cost of the fit out and so if you can decrease your employment costs by 50 percent during the fit out you'll save a lot more money than you will if your actual materials cost goes up 10 or 15 percent mm -hmm. In a housing case where that's not the thing, you know, like those the, those beams will bend, and you know, carpenters know this, and so they know that you put them in. Now I don't know which way they're supposed to do it, uh, but you know they'll bend in a direction around the the longest width. So if you've got a two by four stud, the four inch direction is where the bend will appear usually, and so what they will tell you to do if you're a, a proper carpenter and that is you'll put all those bends in the right direction so that when the drywallers come in they can lay the drywall and, and get it done correctly you know and it'll come out more or less you know perpendicular and and so on then there's also the the the, the plus minus there's like the error bars that go on things you know, if you're a cabinet maker, you're expected to be accurate to within, what, one 128th of an inch or something. Supposedly. Right. If you're a framer, you know, as long as you get within a quarter inch of wherever it's supposed to be, that's good enough, right? And so you mix all those things together. The bits where I think construction materials fall down is where there's a clear, convincing, better solution that... Um, the price differential isn't enough to justify not using it. The The speed of installation isn't enough to justify using one or the other. And why not to my example, you know, the number of fires that occur because of incorrectly joined wires, the fact that 
those wire nuts. Now, if you're an electrician and you're putting on 30,000 of these a year, mm -hmm. right, you're going to have your technique down, you're going to put it together, bam, done, out of there. But if you're the DIYer who is doing this once every you know decade. Russ, have you ever put a me, wire right? nut on? So someone like me. I have put a wire nut on, but I'm sure that I've left a trail of destruction in my path based on what I'm hearing Tony say now. Right. You know, there are solutions. Like the Wago Connect is as an example. You know, there are a European solution to it. Now what are and, those? Like, you know, including Russ, you, no one knows what the Wago connector is yeah. me. So, so they're, they're basically <laughs> a lever type connector you put the wire in you push a lever down it locks the wire into a, a mm -hmm. plastic housing with a shared metal conductor in it and so all you have to do to join the wires together is just push them in and push a lever down and so there's no diff you know like you don't have to twist them together you don't have to put the wire nut on properly you don't have to make sure that the wire nut is the right size for the cables you're joining you don't have to care whether or not you know over the gauge of the wires the same as you're joining them and mm -hmm. you know then you've got the whole like if you stick in and to be fair like it looks like if you it looks like a small little network like hub if you looked at like each yeah. wire has its own little piece right, it looks it's like, like a backbone metal right, it's like a little that's... network hub you push each wire in you clip the lever down and it locks in on the wire mm -hmm. and they're you know they pass ul spec they pass uh the national electric code spec and, and so on and you know, this is something that will engender, you know, on actual forums where electricians pass. This is, you know, a 780-page thread on, you know, why wire nuts are better than Wago connectors and vice versa. <laughs> but, you know, just as far as I'm concerned, it, it's, a, it's a far better solution. It's less likely for the DIY to screw it up. And it makes it easy for you to, to do it in a way that can meet spec. So is it that the way the Wago connector is superior, or is it just that it's easier to use for the layman? It's more Whereas if you're a professional, you're better off. Like the 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 preferred approach would be a wire nut, but you got to know what you're doing. If you're not a professional, you might as well use this thing because it's easier to use. Well, I I I think I, it is easier to use. I think there is less chance of screwing up. Right. Um. Which even professionals can do, right? Mm -hmm. You know, as, as somebody once, as a, as a quote I read somewhere, I don't know who this was originally from. You know, it's, you know, amateurs built the Ark and professionals built the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> and huh, never thought about that I before, but yeah, think about that. I'm thinking um, about it in terms of, of plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. Because I I had to do, do a deal with a bunch of plumbing stuff after the snow apocalypse a couple of years ago here in Texas, and um. The, I did, I learned more than I ever thought I would need to know about plumbing as a result. But there's these push connectors that make it easy for a DIY person to oh the shark bite yeah the sh with these shark bite things. Yeah. But then yeah. I had a plumber come out and look at this stuff, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> he was <laughs> very unhappy with the, the shark bite contraptions that are around. Because, right. Well, some of them, yeah. and, and that's a, a lot of like new technology that a lot of plumbers didn't trust that the shark bite connector would actually work over time. And to, to, to as you know, to credit them with being correct, if you don't get the end of the pipe clean and properly insert it, mm -hmm. you don't get a guaranteed fit, you know? Mm -hmm. So there is a chance that you will have a leaking pipe in your, your wall. But they are certified but, for in-wall use, though. That's one of the things right, that... Right, they're yeah. certified for in-wall use if they're installed correctly. As in... Right. I'm, just, right. I'm just wondering how different is the Wago from something like no, no, Shockbite in a plumbing context. It, it, it is much oh. different because... Okay, there's, they're there rated for the power, right? Like, if you are incapable of installing a Wago connector, you are incapable of installing a wire nut. <laughs> yeah. And okay. that's sort of the the thing. So, the... the if you can't make that first bar, you're never going to get to the next bar to do it. It's not like, oh, there's a different class of problems that you can have. And and so, you know, they have the, the, the plumbing is a, a great example. Like if you think about it, you know, professional plumbers of, you know, decades of experience did all this stuff in copper pipe. And to put those copper pipes together, you had to braze them to, to join them together. And that's a real skill. Right. right? To, to braze mm -hmm. properly and not burn things up and 
uh, and so on. Whereas the shark bite connectors, they pretty much cut the pipe cleanly, push it on until it appropriately seats. You're good to go. I'll put one in the Discord you, for you, Russ. So you you, you go this. have a look even now at um, modern commercial plumbing solutions. You know, a lot of this, like, they're all using PEX piping. Mm -hmm. And now they've got these whole solution that is basically a tool you push into the pipe and it expands the pipe for uh, for you. And then you put the connector in and uh, in seconds, literally seconds, the pipe will shrink back to its right side and it mounts and clicks onto the uh the pipe and seals and then they have the other ones where it's you put it over a connector and you put a band over it and then you have another gun that you pull and basically it's an enormous crimper and it crimps down right they're all moving away from the white the braised well you gotta prime the primer mm -hmm. and do all that right because nonsense. a it's very labor intensive and b the price of copper is skyrocketing exceptionally high right and also yeah. um if you don't it's really easy to do it wrong <laughs> right to be fair and, and so i find the my problem with plumbing is, is that it is fundamentally a dark art and you know there there's you you get a pipe but if the pipe is used in this particular um scenario then you measure it based on the outside diameter of the pipe. But if it's used in this scenario, you measure it on the inside diameter of the pipe. And then, you know, and, and all these things. So the only way you can effectively go to the big box store and buy a connector is by taking the existing connector with you <laughs> to ensure that it actually fits. Because okay. you know, there was a lot of, yes, after the snowpocalypse, there was a lot of me walking around Lowe's with pieces of pvc rattling around in my pockets looking like a lost <laughs> child just, where's yeah, my me, parents me and a hundred other people in the same aisle like zombies like, yeah, we have no idea what we're doing like zombies just up and down the aisle looking at everything exactly. right and, and now i put in a uh i, I put in a, a water extension for my um uh fridge in the garage so that i can have ice you know the, the ice maker in the garage fridge working all done with packs, all done with those shark bike connectors. It was, you know, it was, you had to buy, I had to buy two tools. Mm -hmm. uh, one was the actual pipe cutter to make sure that I got a nice clean cut on the PEX tube. Right, and cleaned off all the little And murders. then the other was um, an actual copper pipe cutter. You know, the thing you put over the pipe, you screw mm -hmm. it in, then you spin it around, then you screw it in, you spin it around, and it has a couple of little V wheels, and they eventually cut a big enough groove that the pipe just breaks. So that I could tap into the line, um, and it was really very, very easy to do. But then I've had other things where I've had to replace taps and pipes and stuff. And you go, "All right, well, this should be a half-inch pipe." Well, it's not because it's a half-inch inside down, but a pipe. Okay, well, you know, what fitting? Well, you measure the inside diameter of this fitting, but the outside diameter of that fitting, and that's how it. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Why? Like anybody would, you know, you know, in the electronics business, we say it's like, okay, it's a five volt supply, right? Right. It's like, you know, and they're like, well, if it takes different stuff, you say, well, okay, yeah, it's like 3.3 .3 volt to five volt, you know, and you look at the data sheet and it says, don't feed it any more than seven volts or otherwise the magic smoke will escape. <laughs> and, you know, it, that, that, information is all collected by the plumbers guild and shared only with journeyman plumbers in the dark of night out right. in the scrub somewhere while all wearing robes you know yeah um, well i mean when we, and don't, don't get me started about once you have to do uh like american even even the plastic like well in the piping like be between american and europe because i bought a european coffee machine and i it was just easier to get a European adapter that moved it over to a one fourth inch plastic pipe like they use in all the uh, water service stuff. If you've ever seen it been in your office or whatever, you're saying like that one blue plastic pipe that goes to your like uh, water filter and then connect it to the American on this side, then trying to figure out how to jerry rig something between the European standard my coffee machine was on and the American standard my my uh my water tap was on it was just it was just I, easy I, to be plastic I, I can never I never I really could... understood that because 
You guys fought a war of independence. You kicked the monarchy out and kept the measurement system, right? We in Australia kicked the measurement system out and kept the monarchy. And, you know, the whole metric thing makes a hell of a lot more sense. Well, I don't know. Italian, you, doesn't, use, you know, Italian doesn't use it. it so. It's all powers of 10. It's not like, okay, yes, well, that that's three and a half feet plus 700 weights over a furlough pound, right? I, I, I mostly, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. I could barely listen to what Rob said because I was so confounded by his fancy coffee making system. Did that thing come with opera glasses? Oh, What's... absolutely. <laughs> fancy boy. He, he had, he had, it was actually black tie when he went to pick it up. Oh, yeah. I, bet. I, I, had to, I had to wear the gloves. <laughs> had to have the yeah. Had to wear the gloves to pick it up and move it. Yes. No, it's it's a, it's a crazy system. Um some point, well, at some point, the man that sold the him was named Benedict. <laughs> so we we've kind of went backwards from the way I kind of wanted to go about this, which is obviously what you guys do is completely mess up. It's one hundred percent on brand, absolutely. Channel, really. So yeah, I'm here I do to feel, derail exactly. So I do agree, and what I wanted to kind of end on is I felt plumbing is the one that is kind of continue to move up from like concrete pipes to like in cast iron pipes into plastic and PVC. And now we have the PEC system, which is actually really a phenomenal setup. And, and shark bite is actually something I, I I've seen them like try to like plumbers don't like it, but they've done plenty of tests that show how this stuff works very well and fails mm -hmm. a lot less than others when, as Tony had said, works right. But then I go and look at, the wall, I, I want to go back to drywall. I would love some different system, something easier to for the layman to use because like when we, we were finishing up and just getting the walls up, it had to be drywall. And then you have to get these things in and screw them in and all the studs and you have to cut the stuff and create a crap ton of dust. And then you need to put down mud and tape and try and make it kind of flat ish and then paint it and all this stuff. Instead of like, I was just looking for alternatives. Like why isn't there some kind of great plastic board, especially in the Northwest where mold is a big deal here. Mold happens all the time. I'd love a better, just like a plastic wall or something that was good and sturdy and easy to work with. Super easy to clean. No, None of the big issues you can have around health issues with stuff getting into the walls and all this, all those problems. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, so there's probably, th like I, you know, I've got to imagine that the plastic manufacturers have sat around and said, you know, hey, we could do this. Yeah. But I, I imagine that it, it runs into the challenge of plastics tend to burn really well. Mm. Rocks tend to not so. <laughs> You know, and so, you know, the Monty you, Python joke you, in there. You, your drywall is basically made out of gypsum mm -hmm. with some paper on it, you know, so it's really hard to burn gypsum. Right. It's basically and like a plaster and, um, you know, and, and so now, what is the cost per sheet of that? Mm -hmm. And then compare that to a plastic which won't burn, won't melt. And won't off gas a bunch of volatiles that are bad for you, right? And so it's got to be a case of like they've, they've tried it and said, yeah, we either can't pass the home spec or to pass the home spec creates a product which is way more expensive than the, the drywall as it is. And, and hence why we're still cleaning up asbestos. <laughs> well, you know, to an extent, you know, why they say don't, if it doesn't need to be serviced or move don't touch it just leave asbestos where it is right right because it does the job and you know it's only when it's in this and it's only when it's in a dust airborne dust format that is bad for you mm -hmm. and so you know that's a sort of that was like you know, when we got rid of all the vermiculite in the ceiling at my place because my house rust was put together by a guy it was renovated sorry by a guy that i call whose engineering style or construction style was being excellently incorrect right he would yes. be wrong at everything but he would be consistently wrong in exactly the same way i i, I live in a house like this i'm pretty you know, sure i don't know if the guy who lived here was left just left-handed or just hey. wired differently but he was definitely a diy contractor but every lock turns the opposite way you would think it would every light switch is not quite 
what you I, I I've lived here for three years almost, and I still don't know the light switches because I just it's not that it's not normal, right? Because because it would be so hard to take that light switch off and just turn it upside down, right? <laughs> being the being the master of DIY that you are, <laughs> um, it's definitely way beyond what I'm capable of. Well, as Clint Eastwood said, you know, a man's got to know his limitations. That's right. I, if I did that, this, I would clearly set the house on fire. <laughs> just a just... picture of Russ turning the switch over and then the outside and an explosion. Just flip the switch, Michael Bay. And, and then you'd, you'd see like the transformers. running in slow motion away from the house. The transformers down the street on the poles just all blowing up with sparks yeah. coming oh, yeah. out. It's not them. just, it's the whole neighborhood would just go up in flames. You know. Um, but you know, so, so coming back to the, to my house was like a lot of that was the same thing. This guy, when we did the the ceiling, I, I wanted to get blown in insulation because I wanted to actually get consistent insulation across the, the whole route. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy worked for the railroads. And so basically anything that was left over from building anything, he would throw in the back of his truck and use it, you know? And so the upstairs, the 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 the, the ceiling had a vermiculite. It had uh, those amazing one-inch bat insulation, you know, fiberglass bats. But it was clear that they had put fiberglass bats in at some facility somewhere on the railways, and they cut one inch off every bat to get them to fit. And he had gone around and collected all the one-inch cut offcuts. And proceeded to make, you know, a 16 inch bat of 16 one inch offcuts, you know, <laughs> and, and all this stuff. And it was just, uh, it was just a horrible thing, you know. But that vermiculite could have been asbestos, you know, it could have been, I, I say vermiculite because it was that sort of grained sand type thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was. And to be clear to Rob's legal team at some time in his future life, we never had it tested, so we don't actually know what it was. I was right. crawling around until plausible deniability. The same crew that was and the 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 poop smoke incident also helped him clean out his, his yeah. <laughs> all the old insulation. <laughs> so so it, it was an ass of a job because we did it during summer, so it was about four thousand degrees in the ceiling, and my ceiling, you know, it, it's not a it's not a high pitched roof; it's a low pitched roof, so. There's not a lot of space up there. You know, and I'm I'm a six two, three hundred and ten pound, you know, former rugby player. So I fit in that space like, you know, a pair of <laughs> dog's balls. <laughs> and um the rest of the guys, well, I would they say, look, we're just gonna do it because otherwise we're stuck behind you as you like force your way slowly down the roof <laughs> to get somewhere. It's easier if we go get it pass it to you and then you just carry it and dump it off places right um but then when the guys came in to do the blow-in they were you know like two guys from brazil uh you know from the mountains of brazil that were native latin americans that were about four and a half foot tall and they just wandered back and forwards in that space blowing <laughs> stuff out there it's like that they, they, they had no problems whatsoever with the size and and everything you know uh, where she had like this crew of six big fat white guys trying to do it, and you know it was a cluster <laughs> of genetic proportions. It was it was a very warm day, and so we purposely were setting a timer. It says, okay, we got to get out of there every like fifteen to twenty minutes and drink water and stuff like this. And at one point, I'm at the far end from the 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 entrance, and Tony's like, all right, it's time to come out, and I'm like. Fuck that. I'm not coming all the way back here again. So I just stayed in there grabbing stuff for the next 15 while Tony worried at the door for a bit. And then he's, we got it all at that point. But it was that, that moment so where I was going to do twice. I don't play around with heat stroke uh, and stuff. I'm, you know, as an Australian, especially I had one of my guys when I was in the army. We were on exercise. You know, it was a leadership exercise. And um, he, uh, he suffered heat stroke. And I remember, you know, pulling him off the bit of work we were doing. And I said, Damien, I, you know, just take a take a break, have some water, just walk down this road a bit. We're following you. We're coming down the road. We're hauling this gear, right? And get to the end under the shade and sit down. 
and we're pulling all this gear along and I look up and I watch Damien just basically walk off the end of the road into the scrub and straight over the edge of like a <laughs> of some you know little ravine thing because he was that heat struck Oof, yeah. that he just didn't know what was going on and all he uh, walked straight line and that was basically what he did until he fell down a hill <laughs> oh my god and so I'm like yeah yeah so don't play around with heat stroke uh, children it will kill you Oof. So, yeah, so yeah, I can see why Tony's worried there. He didn't tell me that story then, but I we finished it out. I got out. Oh, I was worried about Damien. I wasn't worried about Rob. <laughs> <laughs> he was in my outfit. I was directly responsible for Damien. Let's be clear. Right? Yeah. The army had said there's you a lot are of responsible pa- there's a lot of paperwork guy. to fill out if Damien fix it, but if Rob does, <laughs> it's just we had we had a ton of those 200 gallon black plastic bags, you know, from the <laughs> pretty sure the, that's insulation. Just the, carry, just carry it away. Know, yeah, it's leaking a bit. Oh, it's wet installation. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I love it. So to wrap this up and kind of come back to it, like I, so I think cost is a big deal. Um, and then cost versus also, I, I guess fire safety is, is a big deal. And that is, is, I don't, I think that's one I hadn't thought about before, but like, is there a better future than gypsum and wood and all this? Or like, well, what you have to, like there's continued innovation in plumbing um in plumbing uh, <laughs> there's continued innovation in house renovations and building and so on and um it's a continued progress of looking for better things and uh one of the things that you know i i did when i first when we first bought the house here and so i was looking at all the things that need to be done because unlike Russ, I can actually make changes. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I made the changes because I'm also unlike Russ, I'm also lazy. <laughs> oh, like <And> me. <laughs> no, unlike Russ, you know, who, who has already shown his desire to drive the smoldering man and back. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would watch a lot of um, the shows they did from the, the home, from the actual building and trade shows because a lot of what those new products are that they're showing you in these things that they're pitching to actual proper buildings Mm -hmm. are also available to the diy if you just know what to go ask for Mm -hmm. now you can't buy them at the the lows because you know the or the home depot you know ace hardware because those guys sell primarily to everyone else that's coming in and so Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. But if you know they're there, you can find out who the dealer is and then you can go to an actual proper supply store. And for everything but HVAC, they'll they'll sell it to you. Mm -hmm. You know, HVAC is a mafia mob. If there was ever a a group of people that deserved a RICO investigation, it'd be the HVAC contractors. (laughs) True. And um, so when I put the heat pump in here at home, my dad's a refrigeration engineer, and it was cheaper for me to fly him out from Australia to help me install the heat pump myself, you know, and put in the, you've got, because you've got high pressure gas lines, and brazing that, those gas lines is a real skill. It's even more skillful than um, just normal plumbing. It was cheaper for me to fly him out here to the US from Australia, do the work, and then fly him home than it was to have the local HVAC guy put it in for me. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, the only thing I'm braising is my dinner. Oh, yes, yes, (laughs) definitely. So what what we do with that? Coming back to it, Rob, sorry, just to to wrap up my... my You're randomizing through the valley. I think that I'm I'm randomizing myself. So just I I pay no favorites, you know, on this whole randomization thing. I think if you watch and see what's new, you can make a decision for yourself as to what's good and coming out and then go and look at, um, you know, you can go on the net these days and actually search for forum Mm -hmm. builders forums where they talk about installing this stuff and people will tell you whether it's easy or hard or what they found or so on. So I think, there are a lot of really good solutions for things. There's a lot of things that won't change because you know, you don't really need to change something. If it does 95% of the job mm-hmm. and it's, you know, the cheapest thing available, do you really want to double the price for that last 5%? You know, you're chasing last miles, yeah. right? And, and 
that I think is it, it's a bit of like requirement that if you're going to DIY, you're going to have to to uh, DIY. Sorry, you're going to have to to uh, spend a bit of time in research. You know, time spent in reconnaissance and planning is never wasted, as they they say. <laughs> Fair enough, Russ. Your thoughts? Oh, that's a great point. That's the lesson I try to even teach with my kids, which is planning the work you're going to do is work. And that's a, it doesn't like, I know it doesn't feel like work, but sitting down and thinking about well, what is it I'm going to do and how am I going to do it? That's, that's the same thing as doing it as far as I'm concerned. Fair enough. Right. Which is why the software industry, we turn off warning level four on the compiler and just ship it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, wow. This has been my, back. this has been my, um, my, uh, a uh, greedy way of trying to find something other than fucking drywall to put up at my house. And once again, shiplap. we're well, shiplap. <laughs> shiplap. listen, I'm going to send you a link, Rob, to earth ships, and maybe you could do something with tires full of sand and recycled glass bottles. <laughs> I'm sure. Ooh, would love you, that. you could do compressed clay. Oh, maybe. Something. Yeah. But I, I, de- I definitely want something better for that. Cause like, yeah, plumbing has gone a long way. I, I could probably find with the wood framing, but fucking drywall could go die in a fire. <laughs> All right, gents. Any last words? Adobe. <laughs> Tony. And, and by that, Russ means the uh, Mexican, you know, Latin American, <laughs> sort of middle American type of construction, not the software company that makes Premier Pro. Oh, yeah. We didn't Absolutely. even talk about freaking like ceramic <laughs> tiles for roofs all right get out of here i was prepared i was prepared because i don't know what the fuck we're talking about today i was prepared to go down a like let's use retro tech <laughs> to make sustainable living Which I, I i i didn't want to touch ceramic tiles because that's pretty much 100 percent of the roofs in australia are done with ceramic tiles so i don't really understand what you're bitching about like <laughs> um because they're perfectly okay <laughs> it must be yeah, used no. in really warm areas then i guess i don't know it sounds like a whole nother well it, it's like you know, your shingle thing, like seriously, <laughs> you put something up there that ha- only has a 25 year lifespan. You know, look, the, the Italians have been building Rome for the better part of 3000 years. And they've they still got, got something roo- right. <laughs> they've still got roofs built out of ceramic, you know, tile that are existing and work, right? The ceramic tile works great. Um, it lasts forever. It'll you know outlast every. You put the roof in once, you never put it in again. It's not like you <laughs> think. I think the the problem with it is is that it doesn't deal well with uh, hurricane type uh, weather. Right. Right. So I mm-hmm. think you know it probably didn't. Uh, it didn't take off in the U.S. because it would have taken off. Well, no, because the. <laughs> You have the weather events. We probably and have also, more hail and tornadoes and hurricanes than you might have in Australia. Yeah, or right, and, and, and so you know you had a, a a metric arsload of cedar trees, so you made shingles and you put those on your roof. You know, whereas in Europe they were doing tile and slate and stuff like that. You know, so you didn't have to make them here. And you just got stuck on doing shingles and it just became cultural that you do shingles. That's the way a roof looks. In Australia, we didn't have a lot of wood. So, you know, you made, you know, you, you took clay and you turned it into ceramic tile and you put it on your roof. And That's why all the roofs there are made out of kangaroo skins. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> Very much. There, there, are more, there, there are more kangaroos in Australia than there are people. So it, no, it's cool, know, though, because you got places where you can put stuff. Just, like, tuck them into those pouches. All right. Yeah, that's also Get out of here. You're done with Sorry. that. Sorry. <laughs> now I'm I just fucking it. around. No, you Rob, Rob's been on the video part of this uh, this call saying, okay, we're done. We're done. Cut <laughs> off. Come on. I love it. Oh, well, considering Russ came into this thinking he wouldn't have anything to provide already, uh, his kangaroo roof uh, technology is going to be the, the future. It's an innovation. <laughs> so it's on the merch list right after the, the mangy yak. Mangy yak uh, and the mangy yak. The mangy yak throw. I'm the, the mangy yak throw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, frankly, I, I'm kind of yeah. down with the uh, the kangaroo walls as well. I cannot use drywall and I have a place to put my books. So built in bookshelf. I like but technically that's leather walls. So you could probably pitch it as being like super high end. Oh, yeah. It'd be like a leather wall. But you know those shoe racks that hang on the inside of your closet? It'd yeah. be like that. Totally. Yeah. Just all over the yeah. house. I love Why it. Not? Put your CD collection in there. 
Right. Only people who stuff well, it's a, it gives you a place to put the remote. Right? <laughs> oh, that's true. I would never find it. I'd have a wall with 30 pockets and I'd spend half an hour trying to Which find one's the remote in? The remote. No batteries again. <laughs> I'm pulling change out of pockets. <laughs> Why do we have so many batteries? <laughs> Three-year-old popcorn. <laughs> Why did we put that here? All right, gents. Russ, get to dinner. All you have All a good right. weekend. Appreciate y'all. Cheers. Right, Thanks, y'all. Gotcha. Bye. <laughs> wow. That, uh, at least it stood up to the inappropriate half of their name. We know that drywall isn't going anywhere, even if Rob wants it to. A wire nut is just fine until it isn't. Plumbing takes a wizard. Standard, metric, or otherwise. And Rush shouldn't be allowed to improve anything due to fear of catastrophic loss of life mainly via kangaroo, let's be honest. We are taking next week off, maybe for the best, so we'll see you in two weeks with another insane installment. Drink plenty of water and avoid the Lowe's DIY zombies. And rest assured, this text-to-speech voice is definitely not a sign that the narrator is being kept in a dungeon closet against her will, only to see the light of day when Rob decides he is feeling merciful. Ha 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 ha. Cheers. <laughs>